Well, welcome. My name is Pam Larson. For those of you that don't know me, I am the Minister for Women here at the North Campus, and it's my delight to help our pastors and our elders as we seek to shepherd the women on the North Campus to help to help you all grow in your faith and in your knowledge of the Word and, and your love for Jesus, our, our living Word. And so I just wanted to tell you a little bit about our theme for this coming year. Some of you might have been here for our fall kickoff. Were any of you here? Did you hear the panel discussion we had? So, yeah, so some of you were here. We talked about our theme for the year, which is No Other Gospel, which comes from the book of Galatians. Paul wrote um, to the Galatians in chapter 1. He said, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. So a different gospel, I guess we could say air quotes around that, it's not really another gospel. It's a distortion. It's contrary. It's no gospel at all. And we know from our study in John last year that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, right? But all around us, we see temptations to believe that there must be something that we can do to make ourselves good enough for God. You know, you look around at the world's great religions, and you'll see all kinds of variations, all based on performances, our performance, or a mixture of our performance and grace. And so a lot of the messages we get are, trust Jesus, yes, but check off these other boxes, too. But the wonderfully freeing news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ alone has performed perfectly for us. And so we're not saved by what we do. We're saved by what he has done for us. We're not saved by making promises to him of something that we're going to do for him, but, but we believe by believing in his promises that he has saved us. That's how we are saved. So adding any requirements to what Jesus has done for us on the cross to save us robs him of his glory and robs us of the freedom that his precious blood bought for us. So Galatians reminds us of that, reminds us to embrace and follow the true gospel message and not allow ourselves to be misled by false gospels of our day. But how do we discern what is true? Well, I hope this is one of the things that we will learn in our study of Galatians, because we are going to study the truth of the gospel. And so my prayer for you as we begin this year is that we will all fall more deeply in love with Jesus, that we will see more clearly the wonders of God's grace, and more readily recognize false teaching when we see it. The math of the gospel is pretty astonishing. Jesus plus anything else equals nothing. If we're tempted to add anything else to what Jesus has done for us, we take away from his glory, we take away from his glorious grace, we take away from his all-sufficient saving power, and then we're left with nothing. But the flip side of that is equally astonishing. Jesus alone, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, everything we need for life and godliness. So the glorious truth of the gospel is that we're saved by trusting in Jesus and nothing else. And so may you say with Paul, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. 
So a little bit about what you can expect when you come to Bible study. Next week, we're going to have more of a usual schedule. We won't start out in this room, but you are going to go directly to your discussion group, which you're going to choose later. Okay, so next week when you come, you can check in at the kiosk, and I was just told to remind you this morning that we have a new way that you can do that. For those of you that have a smartphone, you can download the Bethlehem Baptist Church app. <coughs> I think it's on any, you can do it on an iPhone or an Android, and if you get that app, there's a little link that you can click that says check in, and it'll pull up a barcode that's special to you, and you can just scan it in front of that little kiosk, and out pops your, your name, and you can print a name tag. So you don't have to put in your, your name or your phone number. It's just really cool, and there's lots of other things on there, like you can listen to sermons. I haven't even explored all of it, but checking is one thing that's really great. Oh, look, Jackie can show you. The barcode <laughs> pops up just like that. <laughs> Yay, that's right. So, um, so next week, uh, you will start in your discussion groups, and those are located kind of all over the building. Our discussion leaders will come up later and tell you where the different groups are meeting. And you can choose those groups yourself. So you can just, you can say, well, I like the accent that that lady has. I want to I wanna be in her group. Or, you know, um, I want to be with someone older, someone young. You know, you, you choose your own group, okay? And we're just praying that God will sovereignly put together the group that will be the most beneficial to you throughout this year. We've really been praying the leaders. Uh, that, he, that God would do that. Uh, now, I considered doing like a short overview of Galatians this morning, and then I thought, no, that's like watching a movie where you, you, you're going to hear the ending already. So I'm not going to do that because I want you to dig into Galatians this week. And maybe some of you have already started reading it, started listening to it. There's lots of different apps you can use to listen to it while you're doing the dishes or driving in the car. And you might be wondering, why are we going to spend a whole year on the book of Galatians, isn't it so short? Is any, any of you wondered that probably? Some of our leaders did, they said, why is it so long? And the reason is when I started you know, the process of writing it, I realized that there's so much here. For, there's so much deep truth that we can just mine as we dig that I wanted us to have the opportunity to slow down, to allow the spirit to just work in our hearts and think deeply about application questions as well, just letting him, the Spirit transform our lives. And for those of you that were in our study last year, you realize that we did more of a flyover study of John. And that was great because we got to do the whole Gospel of John in one year, but there were some weeks, didn't it feel like you were doing a marathon at a sprint pace, right? Well, this year we're going to slow our lessons down. So there's going to be some weeks when you're focusing only on four or five verses in Galatians. So my prayer is that you will be able to meditate on those verses, maybe even memorize some of those verses as you are studying throughout the week. I wanted to tell you a little bit about the process of how the workbook came together. This summer, there was a group of about a dozen of us that met together and included our teaching team, our writing team, and a few others. And we dug into Galatians using a process by a ministry that's called the Charles Simeon Trust a ministry that promotes the growth of the gospel through the world by training biblical expositors. And we met weekly to discuss what we were learning from each of the passages 
as they're divided in your workbook. So there were some weeks when we grappled with just five verses, and some, we, some weeks we did two different passages, so we might have had 10 verses. But we went, went very slowly through the book of Galatians, and we asked each other questions like, what is Paul's main idea in these verses? How do we boil this down to a short sentence, not a run-on sentence that goes on for a paragraph like sometimes Paul does, right? We wanted to boil it down. How does the context, how does the fact that these verses are right in the middle of Galatians in chapter 3, how does that, how does that impact the meaning of it? And what passages in the Old Testament does Paul quote, and why does he quote those passages? And how does this passage point to Jesus and the gospel? Or we ask the question like, so what? You know, how do we apply this passage? How does it, how does it impact my life today? So those were some of the things that we grappled with, and then that had an impact on the kind of questions that, that I wrote in the, in the workbook, and it also will have an impact on the way we have our teaching uh, on, in large group time throughout the year. So some of these women are now part of our teaching team. Our Tuesday night class is going to be led by Whitney Cortez and uh, Claire Olson. Our Wednesday evening class will be led by Christina Delgado and Amy Catterson. And then our Wednesday morning class will be led by Jackie Bolt and Julia Dembeck. And as these two are coming up, you guys can find a seat here, grab a mic, and I'll take that chair. Um, I wanted to point out that the, le the beautiful lettering on your workbook here, right here, this was done by Lauren Matson. So Lauren is in the back with her sweet little newborn girl. So you can thank Lauren for the beautiful artwork on here. Lindsay Osborne, also one of our class members, helped us with some questions that were written in the workbook. And Barb, would you stand? Barb, we are so grateful for all of your help with editing. <laughs> oh. So this was truly a, a team effort, and so we, we hope that you will enjoy digging into Galatians using this workbook. What we, when I just was thought about uh, how we did this last year, we introduced kind of our team approach to Bible study, and then I realized that some of you knew me, but there, were, there was like a week when I said, and now I'd like to introduce Jackie Bolt, who will be teaching. And some of you looked and like, well, well, who's Jackie? We don't know Jackie. And some of you know Jackie, I know that. But we thought it would be helpful for you just to get to know us before we kick off our season of Galatians. And so that's, we're just going to have a very informal kind of panel discussion here. We want you to know that although we are standing up here teaching, we don't want you to idolize us, okay? We are just like you, learning along with you. None of us have been to seminary, although I think we would like to, right? I mean, it, it's, we, we would love to learn more, but God has given us gifts to share. We just want you to know us a little bit better. So that's what we're going to do right now. But my first question is, what gets you excited and what passions do you have? You want to go first? I love gospel conversation with women, so I get excited being able to go out for coffee and just processing the realities of the messiness, the mundane, just the different seasons that we're in, and how, do the how does the gospel actually apply to what we're living in, and so I'm passionate about discipleship, and I also love being able to go on adventures and seeing others learn, primarily my two little boys, being able to explore God's creation. So we try to go to new like, parks or just um, different experiences outside each 
week and that gets me excited seeing them just be in awe of a little frog hopping across the trail and seeing just the wonders of God's creation. Um, I think one of my one of my passions is gardening, um, which happens sort of it, it's evolved over time. It sort of started when I was a stay-at-home mom, and I was like, I'm gonna grow organic vegetables in my backyard and feed my children completely pure things. And, um, and then I sort of realized I wasn't very good at that. And so now, like, we grow some tomatoes and herbs, but I really enjoy um, flower gardening the last couple of years, especially, and um, learning where things grow and why things grow, and, and taking like really, really close-up pictures so that I can see, you know, the tiny little seed head or the little bug that's on this thing, whatever, just gives me an opportunity to slow down. So it's an activity that helps me to relax, and I get to pray a lot while I'm gardening and sort of have some quiet time, and so that's one of one of my passions. For me, um, I think one of my passions is I love that when I'm with my kids or grandkids or even some of you, when you discover something new and there's that twinkle in your eye where you go, oh, I learned something new. That To me, that, that is one of the sweet things about um, teaching, whether it's you know children or, or adults. Um, next question I have is three simple joys in your life. Or, or one. We, we, have, we don't have very much time. <laughs> I love running, specifically on trails or through open fields. That sounds magical. That does I don't like running. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, simple joy for me is when somebody else cooks dinner. <laughs> There's a lot of joy in my heart. <laughs> and clean up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say I love the fall too. Apple and pumpkin pies are some of my favorite foods, and so. This season of Costco has their big pumpkin pies. <laughs> so, uh, I have another question for you, more on Bible study. Why do you choose a women's Bible study as a way to study God's Word? Or what do you hope women receive, give, or seek each week as we come? I, for me, a women's Bible study um, is something that I need because I um, don't do well without structure. So being in Bible study, having some accountability with other people, like knowing that there are going to be women who want to hear what I thought as I studied this week and stuff, something that helps me to like commit the time, even if it's on one day where I do it all at one time, um, to commit the time to be um, consistent in God's word. So I need it. That's why I like so are you saying that just because the workbook has day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, you don't have to do it that way? That wasn't what I'm saying, but it's true. <laughs> That's it's true. true. I wanted to make that point this morning, that just because your workbook says day one, day two, when you get to the end of day one and you want to keep going, just go ahead and keep going. Or if you're the kind of person that says, I want to sit down with you know, two hours on Sunday afternoon while the kids are napping, do it all at once. That's okay, too. Whatever, whatever you want. I love women's Bible study because of the richness of learning and growing together from different generations, different stages of life, and the ways that you come to the text and see and how the Holy Spirit illuminates things oftentimes are fresh and new to me. And there's oftentimes I read this and I'm like, that's great. I don't really 
really understand that or how do I apply that? And so it's been so just encouraging and edifying being able to come together and have the discussion time to process through questions and to see and understand what the text is saying and then hear somebody else say, this is this is what the Holy Spirit's doing in me. This is how I like feel the Lord is calling me to live it out and feeling convicted and challenged and encouraged. So there's this richness that comes through just multi-generational, just studying the word together and my hope and prayer is that as we come, that we can be authentic with each other wherever we're at and being able to carry each other's burdens, to be able to point each other back to truth, to be able to see that these truths do change our lives. And so I'm excited for us to experience more of Jesus through the word and see how it changes us as we share life with one another. And I think the sharing life component is something that we really hope will happen too, that, that your discussion group will become a community. <coughs> Even if you come this morning not knowing a single other person in the room, that when you leave this morning, you will have met someone else. And that when you come back next week, you'll get to know that, that woman better and that friendships and community will, will develop. Because we, you know, we want this to, to, um, to be something that we can learn together and grow together and truly bear one another's burdens, too. So what's the first thing you think of when you think of Galatians? Fruit of the Spirit. Because I, I grew up in Sunday school, and we had to memorize it, so that's always the first thing that comes to mind for me. Jesus alone saves, not circumcision. <laughs> for those of you who haven't read it yet, there, there's a lot of the word circumcision, so just get ready. All right, since you mentioned fruit of the Spirit, I would like you to describe the other two women on the teaching team with the fruit of the spirit that they most exemplify? I came up with this question, so I'm going to go first. <laughs> so I think, um, I think Julia exemplifies joy to me over the last couple of years. She was in my, in my discussion like the first year that I met her. And um, even when things are hard, she has this joy in the Lord, like because of her standing with Christ, there is this joy that when you bump her, when things are hard in life, there's still this joy. So joy, I would say, for Julia. And I thought for a long time about what does it mean? There's just all of them. <laughs> right. Not because they weren't there, because they were all there. So which one? Um, so I think the one that comes to mind for me with him is faithfulness, because with so much on her plate is the women's minister. So many times I've been like, Pam, I'm worried about your bandwidth. Pam, how are you going to sustain this pace, Pam? And she just is always taking the next step forward, the next step forward. And so that's been um, a great model for me in stretching. <laughs> um, but I would say faithfulness, yeah. This is really interesting because I immediately thought of joy for Julia. So, you know, we're right on track there. But I had the same issue with Jackie. I thought, I'm just not sure how I could narrow this down because I think there are there are ways that you know I bump up against those qualities, but I chose faithfulness for you too, Jackie. Wow. You know, because you know, to me you're someone that I know that you will follow through with what you commit to, your high responsibility, and you you figure out a way to get something done when something needs to be done, and you're also very faithful to scripture when it comes to teaching. You just you you're very uh, mindful of, okay, does, does text actually say this? I want to stay right on the line of scripture. I don't want to say more than what it says, but I don't want to say less than what it says. Mm -hmm. 
us or assist through faithfulness and kindness. And I speak to the kindness because um, I think we are quick to ask how we are, but not quick to listen. And I see just your kindness exuding of truly caring for the person of when you ask the question, you genuinely mean it and genuinely care for people well and wanting to enter into those hard, messy places. So grateful for the ways that you do just the kindness of the Lord. And I see the peace of Christ coming through you in the ways that you are rooted and grounded in him. And like Jackie mentioned, I hear of all the different things that are before you or that you're in the midst of. And like, sometimes I get anxious just hearing it. And you're just like, just so just peaceful in the ways that you are trusting Jesus and being able to see more of him and trusting him. And that peace just flows. Thank you. Isn't this a sweet thing? You could do this in your groups too. You get to know one another. We get to Galatians five in the spring. It's gonna be a while before we get to Galatians five. But, um, we can see a lot of time to prepare. Yes, that's right. Well, the other question we had was: here's another adjective that's not a fruit of the spirit to describe these two. And I'll have to say, Julia, your passion and your enthusiasm for Jesus just bubbles out of you. That's one thing. And Jackie, I would say, you're fun loving. I do love fun. <laughs> I, my work for Pam was stylish um, when I started coming to Bible study I was like oh I was usually in my, my mom outfit which is workout clothes uh, when I started coming to Bible study and I was like oh people wear different clothes we can dress differently we can do other things I started I started uh, looking up outfits on Pinterest and learning I was learning things And I 
I didn't realize how I had distorted the gospel and how I thought I could lose or earn God's love. And I had come to believe that God must be pretty glad that he has me on his team because, I mean, all these people are coming to know Jesus. And it wasn't until in college I walked through an abusive um, relationship and got to the point of, like, God, I've done all these things for you. Why is this happening to me? That I really had to wrestle through suffering and God's sovereignty and uh, through counseling was told and realized through the word as well that yes, I have been sinned against, but I have also sinned against the Holy God. And that is when the gospel came real to me, that there's nothing, nothing I can do to earn or lose God's love. There's nothing I can do to earn a righteous standing before God. And that it's out of an overflow of my love for him that I'm compelled to share him, not out of a duty to earn any more favor with him. And so from that, the Holy Spirit just changed my heart and my heart posture of wanting to see him and make him known, not out of I have to, but because I get to, and it just flows out. And my story is pretty similar growing up in a Christian home, but one that was very um, performance oriented. And so I think for me too, like a, a season of suffering has been so eye-opening to me to understand what the gospel really is and the things that I had added on to it over the course of my life that I thought was normal. I just thought, well, this is what Christians do. You know, it's it's Jesus saves us and then we do the things. And, um, and so I'm profoundly grateful for the hard season that I'm in because it's really helping the truth of the gospel to get planted a lot deeper in my heart and work its way out into uh, all of the different areas of my life. And that, that's my next question was, um, what's one of your biggest challenges in this season of your life? And for me, I would say, I, I mean, I do have a high capacity for doing things, but I also tend to be self-sufficient rather than sufficient on the Lord. You know, I think that um, I just have to realize every day that God works through weakness. I have a little reminder up on the, by the mirror in my bathroom says his grace is sufficient and that's what I need to rely on each day and I need that reminder because otherwise I tend to just kind of go, go, go. On the point of the weakness, uh, anybody is going through side by side um, as small groups. In the first chapter it says weakness is a valuable asset and how that it is a good posture of that weakness because it increases that dependence on the Lord and that is what he continually teaches me. I've um, have numerous autoimmune disorders and have dealt with chronic pain for the last eight years of my life, and I've had some recent flare-ups. And so, a daily battle, feeling physically weak, and just it reminds me of my need for Jesus and His strength in the midst of feeling completely physically flat, laid out. Can you read the question again? Because I forgot what it was. It's challenge. challenges. Season. Okay. That actually helps. Okay. So one of my biggest challenges. <laughs> don't love me. One of the biggest challenges that I have is that I've been diagnosed with ADHD. Illustration. <laughs> um, and, and in wrestling, in, in dealing with that, I've developed a lot of anxiety about my ADHD. And so, so, um, that's a big challenge for me, and as you can imagine, in lots of different areas of my life. Um, 
And at the same time, I feel like the Lord is using that, this hard season, to remind me of what's true, who I belong to, that I can't unearn God's love because his love is based on Christ for me. Um, and so so that's some of the, yeah, kind of stuff. Okay, now we don't want to spoil your study of Galatians, but here's another question. Tell us about a particular concept or perspective that changed as you listened and thought about Galatians when we studied this summer. Oh, should I go first? So um, I grew up in a charismatic household, and in particular, you know, household that we were in was egalitarian. Um, and so Galatians 3.28 has always kind of been used as a proof text in our uh, family for that, for egalitarianism. And, and Which has the phrase, you are no longer neither male, male or female. female. Okay. Neither free nor slave, neither, um, yeah. So, um, I felt very anxious this summer coming to that week of class because I wasn't, I didn't feel ready. Like, Lord, what are you going to upend this week as I come to this passage in Galatians? Um, and it was so encouraging, I think, to have read the context, like what's on both sides of this verse, and to see what Paul is really arguing for was so much bigger than whether or not women get to preach on Sunday morning. And so that was probably the big one for me. As I mentioned, what came to mind, what comes to my mind first with Galatians was Jesus saves, not circumcision. Um, and that has been drastically changed from studying Galatians this summer. We inductively studied it as a small group five years ago. And when I heard we were gonna be studying it, I was like, I've done that. This is gonna be easy. And then I started going through, I was like, how little do I know? Like, and realizing how it's more just—it's more than just Paul addressing. Yes, you're, you're righteous through faith in Jesus Christ, not by works of the law, like circumcision, but so much more. So that was just flipped upside my head in ways I was convicted again that I'm am prone to believing false gospels. The ways I'm prone to add on still earn that right standing before Jesus. Thank you. Now, we're running out of time, so I just have one last question. I really appreciated this question. Actually, some of these questions came from Lindsay, so thanks, thanks, Lindsay. She said, is there anything specific to Galatians that we can use to direct our prayers for you and for ourselves as we study? And so I'll start first, and I, I just would ask that you pray that um, from Galatians 5.25, that I would live by the Spirit and keep step with the Spirit as we, as we study. I think mine's more conceptual, but the the idea that we'll get to, this is a teaser for spring semester, the idea that we'll get to of what we inherit with Christ and that I would be rooted in that standing. To truly walk in the freedom and not fall back into the old mindset that I need to still do something to earn God's love, and that we praying together to truly bear one another's burdens and walking in the Spirit. Thank you so much. Well, I hope that this, having a, just an informal panel like this helped you kind of know us a little bit. 